okay, is this going to be our trailer or are we doing a different trailer? <laughs> You're searching for coffee and I'm just sitting here. <laughs> right. Thanks, thanks for all of your assistance. You're doing great. No, really, you're doing great. Two men from across the world searching to explain the cultural divide between white people and brown people and failing regularly on a day-to-day -day basis. There's your trailer. Oh, yeah, that is exactly what I'm going to use. <laughs> There you go. So yeah, today is is a holiday. It's called Memorial Day. And when I was a little boy, especially our relatives that had died in war, you'd go take care of their gravestones, clean them up, leave some flowers and whatnot. And a whole bunch of people will still be doing that. But now I think it's a J.C. Penny, um, you know, sheet sale day, kind of like President's Day. You know, it's it's uh, yeah, not crazy how much that's changed over the years. But that is where we are, sir. Is hey, I gotta. I've got a funny one for you. Uh-huh. Okay. Since both you and I have done comedy in the past and still consider ourselves to be reasonably funny, I, I am getting trolled by like two high school kids that are are admirers of my political enemy, um, Ryan Walters. And uh -huh. I they were like, Colin McGregor says your bar sucks. And I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> so I thought. I don't want to be the person that abuses in a mental way, you know, some fucking idiots from high school, but I'm pretty tempted. Uh, I'm sorry. And then they wrote me something else and it was in poor English, Deepak. I'm like, Oh God. Right. How do, how do, how do we handle such viciousness? <laughs> Connor McGregor, man. What <laughs> do you think? Your bar sucks and you're an embarrassment to your people. And I was like, you've seen Conor McGregor, right? <laughs> My thing is, is how, how small of a person do you have to be to think he knows me or that I know him? Because, you know, I mean, they're just throwing stuff out there. Probably Googled Irish and that's who came up. <laughs> Sounds like when people, t people tell me an Indian name and ask me if I know him and I'm like yep <laughs> he's only from about 600 miles away and in between us are 500 million people yeah it's dude it's classic absolutely classic good lord he actually has little minions who are answering or replying to his shit well I one thing that I would say so right now, and I don't know if it's happening worldwide or, or this is something we started in America. So in Kansas City, Missouri, where I'm from, once we started banning smoking in social areas, which I thought was a good idea, um, cigar bars open. So, you know, you always do this one thing and then you get this pendulum swing to the other side. And uh, so we've got this alpha male thing going on here. And that was what started all of this. There was a picture of this politician with one of these boys because they're uh -huh. boys like 16. The reason libs don't like us is because we're alpha males. And you go, and I, was, and I wasn't even really trying to be mean. I just said, Hey friend, if you're an alpha male, everybody knows it. If you have to tell them you're an alpha male, you're not. <laughs> That's what started. No, God. <laughs> so, so I believe I engaged them. It's probably my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Encourage these people. <laughs> well, it's really, it's, 
and and you know and i understand as as the uh as our political stuff goes to the anti-wokeness stuff that this alpha male thing makes a comeback but mm-hmm. um are you familiar with the with the baboon study in the in the alpha males with the baboons or no oh no i'm not Okay, so, and I can't remember whether it was Jane Goodall or somebody else that was actually studying these groups of baboons. And uh, and so a bunch of meat was dropped off into the area where they went and got their food, which was basically a dump, right? Mm-hmm. So the alpha males literally, you know, kick the shit out of all the other males and leave them in line so they get to go eat first. So mm-hmm. they go over and eat, and the meat was poisoned. And it killed all the alpha males. And so the person running the experiment was like, my God, how am I going? What am I going to do? I mean, there's literally that was the society. <clears throat> That's how it ran. They thought their whole experiment was over and wasted years upon years upon years of their life. And what they found out, as soon as the alpha males were gone, they weren't picking on the next males, who then went home and picked on the females. And everybody was just fighting all the time. Once the alpha males were dead, it was over. Everybody got along. Oh wow! Right. Nobody sees that coming, do they? Because you think, no, there's got to be somebody in charge, man. And it's going to be me, the guy that can't do proper English. You know, I, it's it's an interesting thing. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to teach 17-year-olds that, that are trying to be cool anything because their brain has not developed back up here yet where, you know, that'll take them 10 or 15 years. But it, uh, I just thought this was this was kind of, depictive of what we are seeing in our little right-wing part of america here is this mm-hmm. next group and and yeah it's I'm, I'm sorry well i'm not sorry to say in my experience in life these kids usually come out of closet in their 30s <laughs> i mean thou protesteth too much you know and i don't you know i don't care do whatever you want to do but mm-hmm. you know it's their newfound friends would probably be the problem <laughs> That is so weird. I don't know how it actually works here. Also, I don't know whether it's that little sheltered life that I live where I don't see all these things. Maybe it just does happen. And I'm hardly ever on social media besides for like work shit. Right. So I don't get to see this aspect of the culture and humanity. (laughs) I'm unfortunately on there all the time because of work. (laughs) <laughs> oh goodness and i would gladly trade that part with anybody <laughs> but i use it as a tool to affect political change so i can't be surprised when somebody's trying to use it back at me for the same thing yeah you know but they've got to be witty i am not going to be insulted by a stupid boy that can't be witty or speak in the correct sentence <laughs> correct Man, I mean, look, with Chat GBT, he could punch in stuff and come up with way better cut downs for me than that. Do you know people who are actually conscious about grammar and spellings are more likely to not make mistakes because they're so second guessing themselves that they'll Google all this shit and they're writing things out. Right. Whereas <laughs> the arrogant ones who think that, oh, yeah, my English is flawless are the ones who constantly keep fucking up on emails. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. You know what gets me is voice text. Mm hmm because I'm generally at a stoplight in my car answering somebody. And, and if they know me, they'll figure out what I meant to say versus what I said. Yeah. I've known you for long enough where nowadays I just right. go through it and I'm like, yeah, I pretty much get the gist of what this is on voice text. 
if, if somebody asks me for an open records request of my text, they will think of that I'm a drunk <laughs> or that I smoke weed all the time. <laughs> or in my I'm case, where I'm like, did Sean have a micro seizure while doing this? <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yeah, that's that's my thrill ride right now. I'm being stalked by two 17 year olds. They're going to own the libs, man. They're going to own the libs. Um, what else did we have yesterday? So I don't know if you remember the Paseo Art Festival. Pretty nice little art festival. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of like uh, the local artists put this one on. And God, we went down a beautiful weather. So they had probably throughout the day, maybe 10,000 people, which usually they would have about 1,500 or 2,000. So it was, it, was, uh, it was pretty pretty nice. But the reason I tell you this <clears throat> is... My wife and I went out to eat afterwards, and hopefully other people will find this funny other than just you. And there's nowhere to eat down there because there are 10,000 people, right? Uh -huh. So we ended up in this area that's kind of like a bar area, and we end up going to a place. Do you, do you remember a place called Chicken Beer? So it's like chicken and beer. Yeah, it's like that house, right, which they've converted right, yeah. into a restaurant. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. And so she is hungry is hungry i just need something to eat now so we go in there and of course it takes forever but you know you get kimchi fries and you get chicken wings but with really really pretty interesting sauces and pretty tasty and she was just not having any of it <laughs> and i said kathy i appreciate the fact that you tried to come here and be pleasant because she only eats italian food thai food and chinese food now she will lie and say she eats other stuff but that's all she eats isn't that crazy? I don't think I've ever seen her eat anything beside those three that you mentioned. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, and I'm totally fine with it because I eat everywhere else with my friends in the meantime. Mm. But I could, I would never be able to see her sit in a place <laughs> and eat the stuff that I do on a regular basis. <laughs> but I love her to death. <laughs> we were, you were telling me about the cigar bars, right? The, oh, yeah. The interesting thing that um, one of my friends was telling me was when they won against the tobacco lobby in the U.S. back in right. like the early 90s. And that's yep. when I think most of the bans came into effect and also the mm -hmm. Surgeon General warning and they had to pay millions right. or billions. I don't know what it was in settlements. Right. The only reason all the tobacco companies were fine with it was because they were like, okay, we have the emerging markets to go to, and they just right. give. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah, we can well, still, they... like, get cigarettes like one at a time here. <laughs> I Oh, yeah. Oh, my old New York City type. Mm -hmm. so here's, here's the interesting thing on that. We are all concerned with fentanyl, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's concerned with fentanyl and everything. There's a, there's a new drug called Trank. T-R-A-N-Q, and it's animal tranquilizers mixed in with uh, heroin. And so you can see some video of a place called the Badlands in Philadelphia, which they just basically cordoned off this area, and that's where all the junkies are, and they just stay there till they die, and the police look the other way. It's, it's, it's I mean, it's frightening to see this dystopian nightmare. Mm -hmm. But the this trank stuff, you just end up leaning over like, you know, <clears throat> and... The thing is, though, we lose thousands of people every day from smoking 50 years ago and 40 years ago and 30 years ago. Mm. And whatever money the tobacco people had to pay out is like the people that produced Oxycontin. They're just giving you back a portion of the profits. You're 
you're just the mafia at that point. They're still selling their shit. It is. Um, so do you, are you familiar with the original money in America was actually earned off of tobacco? Do you, are you, are you familiar with any of this? No. Okay. So the, the Spanish um, controlled tobacco at the time. And their mm-hmm. deal was if you or I, as a citizen had tobacco seeds, it was a death penalty. Oh, wow. Because they control, right, they control the entire thing. Knowing, you know, and everybody's always known it's addictive and everything else. It's just really profitable unless you, you know, sell weed. It probably was more profitable. But Mm -hmm. it it is, our entire economy in America was based on tobacco. And we were sending that shit all back to Europe and and mostly England, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Our frenemies over, over on the other side of the world. But isn't that crazy? That's where it all started. So if there was no tobacco over here, because there was no gold in North America to have, that was all South America, you know, yeah. where, the, where they were going in and, and cutting off the people's hands if they didn't come out with enough gold for the day. <laughs> they were treated so... Europeans have such a great reputation worldwide. They really do. <laughs> have you seen that? Have I just... Um, the cobalt mine somewhere in Africa? Yes, I have. Oh, oh my! Can you imagine that that's what's going into all our phones, our electric cars, right. even our solutions for the future are tied with abject human poverty and misery. Right. Yeah, and and, and we call that progress, some way or another. You know, so you can abstract yourself with a phone. Okay, there is so fracking water or water that comes from fracking that ends up back in the ground from oil wells. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a development of a science. For some reason, that water that gets pumped back into the ground has cobalt in it and can be mined from there. So the future of cobalt is going to move from that version of slavery, which that's what that mm-hmm. is. That is modern slavery. To um, It will be this unusable, it, I think the term is brackish water. If I've got the, I, I'm pretty sure I've got the term right. Mm-hmm. I, I should know more because I'm in the oil part of america but if that brackish water turns mm-hmm. out to be able to you be used in the way that that it's described that that will change that forever huh. i probably and yeah. we will make use of the world's shittiest water mm-hmm. rather than it just going back and polluting some aquifer somewhere <laughs> right well and and you know we don't we we know there's salt water you know you drill into the ground you get fresh water you get salt water you get all this stuff And when they pump this back in, they could be polluting a field as big as the continent of India. And we just don't even know it. It would be great to be able to extract some of these chemicals and use them for something different. So there may be something coming soon on that one. Not soon. Five years, 10 years. That's a weird part that you don't hear too much about all the new innovations that show up. But on a commercial scale, like think about all the startups that I work with and you hear about as well. Like anybody who pitches us an idea, it's probably some stupid repurposed thing that they know for sure makes money. It's not like reinventing the wheel to figure out how to create something new. You're just trying to recycle this human consumerism mindset and be Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to get a better percentage on that platform as opposed to this. Right innovation so, don't see it anymore a friend of mine said um if i ever start up a retail business anymore it has to be something addictive and he now owns six coffee shops and you and i have 
I had coffee at a few of them. <laughs> if it's not addictive, he was not getting into it. Now that is mm-hmm. a we, a frightful mentality. I know, but it, like I wish I would have that type of perspective when we go mm-hmm, into something. Right. Like we were well, talking I, to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm getting ready to sneeze. Give me a sec. You might want to kill this for you. <laughs> you holy shit! Hopefully that isn't the start of ten sneezes. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. We were talking. Oh, addictive right. stock products that are only addictive. That would be a real right. cruel, shitty way to look at business, right? But it makes sense. That's the that's the scary thing. So I have always said, and I don't know if you and I have talked about this on here. Mm-hmm. I I have always said, and I don't know if you and I have talked about this on here, is about fentanyl. It mm-hmm. makes no sense to me from a business person's perspective to put fentanyl in drugs that are going to kill the addicts you're trying to make money off of. Because that's all it is. I mean, it's it's the American drug companies brought to the streets. So you keep giving, you know, you want them to take their daily dose of heroin every day and you don't want them to die because that cuts off your income, right? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have a fentanyl problem in India? Not that I'm aware of, considering that right. hey, but we have such strict regulation when it comes to drugs that I don't really right. hear a lot about it. Um, really? Yeah. I, and also that we share a border with China. It should be easier yeah. to get here, right? But, you would think they would just, right, but maybe the money, see, I think it's a nefarious thing to kill off 18 to 22-year-olds. It's like keying your own car, Sean. <laughs> right. It really, but you look at it from, if if it if it's coming from China, so China sends it to Mexico, the the drug labs in Mexico are refinery? No, they're not. They can barely do methamphetamines and cocaine. They're yeah. not. It's coming in a pure product into Mexico because it's so easy to bribe people there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's being shipped up or mixed. Why would you, if you had, because it's on pot now sometimes that, that comes up from there. Why would you kill off your client base? Yeah, that's pretty dumb when it, like, right. where are the old school drug dealers, Sean? We used to exactly, <laughs> the OGs of the good business. But I always looked at it, so I remember a cartoon from when I was about 14 years old. And mm-hmm. they had this, and, and if I still remember it from, you know, the last century, it was pretty good. And there was a guy on the corner selling crack because crack had just arrived. And uh, and this limousine pulls by and it, <laughs> it said the tobacco industry on their license plate. And he rolls down the window and spits on him and goes, you amateur. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good that, one. <laughs> right. I mean, that is the darkest humor ever. Mm-hmm. But we all know it to be true. You yeah. know, and, and it's it's a... Uh, they, they can always find somebody to promote it as good. You weren't here when we had cigarette commercials done by doctors. Now, and I, one I cigarette was better than... Did you, did you have those in England? I think we had them in England and I think we had them in India because I have seen those really? ads where um, the doctor is like, oh, the camel is better for you or something like that. I've seen one yeah, commercial. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's got a filter. <laughs> Um, so we had a we had a quarterback on on a on a uh, Super Bowl winning team named Lynn Dawson and and mm-hmm. he smoked on the sidelines. No. And he was literally the best player in the league. And you go, 
but it was very French of us. You know, I mean, that's that mm-hmm. is some French shit, right? There. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I remember watching like the old school games where I would see like the senior teams who, who are playing football, soccer. Right. Like right. at halftime, you would see all of them come outside and light up their oh, facts, yeah. and I would be like, "What the hell is going on here?" <laughs> right. I, I, it, it is very, very, very French. I love it. <laughs> hey, Christine. Um, I you know Christine. She said. I listened to your guys' podcast, and that was just like hanging out in the pub. And I was like, well, good. I'm glad, I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> you know she was making fun. That she was like, can Sean still not say your name correctly? I was like, I don't know. At this I point, can say I'm Deepak <laughs> Kashmiristan. Uh, that's probably as close as I'm going to get. Okay, but okay. So here, I will give you my real name in Gaelic. Okomos. Okomos. Say it. See if you I can can't say. do it. Nope. <laughs> I'm not even going to try you, it because I know I'm you gonna, have to be no. a you, some spit's going to come out when you say. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's like a like an old person sneeze that has lung disease. Mm. Oh, oh. <laughs> but that's O C O I N T H E T H. Mm-hmm. That's like I don't really get to. <laughs> that, there was one time where I heard some guy say his name in a Scottish accent, and he mm-hmm. and he goes like Gary, and I was like, "Are you trying to say Gary?" <laughs> I was like, "Just say Gary, I got it." Gary, 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 Gary. I and and you know and and depending on where they're from in Ireland, my name is either Soon or Soon. And, and it has an accent called a fada. So, you know, we may make fun of your 15-letter name. Ours all have 15 letters. We just had to shorten them over the years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think the Swedes have us all beat. I think the people from Norway have us all beat on. Or maybe Azerbaijan seems to be up there with the 20 or 25 letter, letter names. But... You know, if, if you're in a place where it matters what your last name is, mm-hmm. you keep it. Yeah. If you're in a place in America, nobody gives a shit what your last name is or where you came from or anything else. Can you show up to work and can you do the job? You're hired. <laughs> Back in, I think, we, like in the second grade or something like that, I, yeah. I got 99 on 100 in English. And do you know mm-hmm. what they had circled in my paper that I'd written? Well, my fucking- Your name? Yes. <laughs> your name uh-huh. <laughs> no okay that's actually that's priceless that is legitimately priceless i'm pretty sure my dad or mom must have seen it and been like what a dumb idiot this is <laughs> <laughs> well i look at you you think of an illiterate person showing up to america okay mm-hmm. you're you're going through ellis island or wherever you landed and whoever the guy is talking to you is from some other country also, who may or may not like your country. And so you give him your name and he may write it down correctly and he may not. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where you get your name is whatever that guy writes is what you are in America from there on out. We have loads of people when their last name is Scott. Yeah. And it was probably, where are you from? And they're like, and they're like <laughs> Scott, and it's one of those people. <laughs> just give you whatever name they want to give you. <laughs> I mean, it's nuts, man. But I also think, I, and, and you know, and I'm as bad as anybody. I've got friends of mine that are Vietnamese, and I'm like, 
man, why don't you just shorten your name and make it easier? And he goes, why don't you shorten your name and make it easier? And I'm like, okay, well played. <laughs> but it's so funny. Like most of uh, almost any country's immigration form, I do not put down my full name. Or if do they I not do, have enough spaces? No, there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. Well, you know, the my kids' uh, grandparents are from a place called Pahuska, Oklahoma. And there's a movie coming out by Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Something Moon. Killer uh, for anybody. Blood Moon, some Flower Moon. moon the, flower yeah, moon. the Flower yeah. Moon. So literally in that town is where um, the my kid's side of the family is from. So Mm-hmm. Really interesting story on the dad's side. He was an abandoned, orphaned native kid that was adopted by the mayor and his wife of Pahuska, Oklahoma, which back then oh, no. would would be really great because then you kind of get ra- raised white and mm-hmm. nobody wanted to be native and you wanted to get rid of the name. Their real name was Spear, like, you know, throwing a spear mm-hmm. and uh, and it changed to Leonard and they would tell people they were black Dutch. But the, the whole reason I tell this is we're at the graveyards and we're looking around and it would be sitting there O'Malley, <laughs> you know, whatever the, whatever the native animal name that you were giving, you know, and, or the last name would be some real Gaelic first name, mm-hmm. Siobhan spelled S O I B H A N Fox. You know what I mean? And, and okay. every single one of them looked to be that way, but now mm-hmm. I'm kind of, kind of concerned about how my kids grandpa and grandma are going to look because this is a place where white people moved in to take advantage of the literal richest 5,000 people on the planet at the time it was the original kuwait yeah literally the original kuwait they had an oil go ahead sorry oh no from what i heard about the story isn't that uh the movie isn't that like the start of how the fbi and all of that was created because of the series of murders or some shit that happened so I don't know if it was the FBI. I, I don't know that end of the story, but so I had I read books on it back when I was first together with my kid's mom. Her mom was like, well, you should read this book on it. And it's the rise and fall of the Cherokee Nation and then some stuff about Pahuska. And I can't remember which book it was. So mm-hmm. the Osage tribe used to be up in a center part of the United States. And they got this northern part of Oklahoma that was just absolutely beautiful. And they have rain and good land and everything and found ungodly amounts of oil under there. And so everybody in the tribe would get their share of this oil. Unlike Americans where it's all mine, motherfucker, it's all mine, nobody gets anything. They equally shared it. So not only it's complicated, so there was no paperwork on the tribe, so they have to create what's called a role, so they know everybody that's on it. And of course it was the government creating the role and if they'd mm-hmm. already taken your land and you got shit on and you got moved there, a lot of people said, I'm not going on your roll. Well, that kept them from being immensely wealthy, that decision. Okay. Now, how my kids' grandparents ended up there, I don't know, but they're white, white. So probably not for the right reasons. And if he ended up being mayor and he owned a gas station and a motel and all this other stuff, I'm going to go ahead and put him in the column of he was probably not the best guy, right? <laughs> I think it's fair. Um but the fact that they uh, um, adopted these two native kids are really pretty surprising. And then, you know, everybody went through college and all this other stuff and did really well. But the, this is, this is going to, I think this is probably going to be the best portrayal of it because it wasn't a native who filmed it because then you get, 
the native view, and, and I'm not sure that many whites really want to watch that view. Mm-hmm. You know, they like their version of history better. Um, mm-hmm. You know, from you being from India, me being from here or from Ireland, yeah, we, we got stories about how that how that stuff works. But th- this is people marrying in and then killing their wives. Okay. So they could have the shares or the children could have the shares because it was a patriarchal society. It wasn't matriarchal. Everything okay. went to the man. And mm-hmm. so it's how do you how do you be okay with that? But the, here's the biggest part. The Osages were considered to be the giants in America. Like they were six foot tall when the Irish were coming over and were five foot tall. Yeah. So nobody ever screwed with them. You couldn't fight them. They never lost, you know, so you could barter with them to move from Missouri to there, but they got the best land in Oklahoma and they ended up on top of a enormous pond of oil. So mm-hmm. literally the Kuwait um, with a garden of the, of the area. So for anybody watching or listening, you see the movie. I think this, cause he was pretty good. Scorsese has been really good on showing criminal organizations, the immigrant experience and everything else. And now he's reversed it, which I love. We'll see how it goes. I didn't get invited to be in the movie at all. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that, Sean. <laughs> what did, I know. What did I do wrong? Well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to drive up there and rent hotels and all this other stuff mm. to, to be a, essentially an extra eventually because mm. I wasn't native. And if you're not a main character and the bad guy, no one's going to remember you anyway. So, oh, yeah. I would be like some dude walking in the background every now and then. And I'll be right. like, there I am. There I am. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the crazy killers of the flower moon. It's going to be, it's, it's so they did another one a couple of years ago and everybody was all excited about it till it came out. And it showed the white people that were up there weren't very nice. And everyone's like, that movie sucks. We never should have helped finance it and this. And you go, was it true? Because <laughs> it looked pretty true. You know, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That would be yeah. an interesting the wor- thing. The world is changing around, my man. How much time? Let's we talk got? about uh, starting a company and how okay. you go about doing that in the US. Mm-hmm. You have, what, 26, 30 years experience <laughs> at this point? <laughs> well, 40. I'm, so I'll be 60 years old here in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. I opened my first business when I was 21. Now, of course, I ran some unregulated businesses before that, meaning like lawn care, shoveling mm-hmm. snow, fake Christmas caroling and collecting money for charities that I kept. I'm not that I, I'm not admitting I did that. I'm saying I may have been involved. <laughs> we here's the thing. Immigrant parents. My dad did not come to America for me to get a medium job at a medium company and do medium well. Uh, his whole deal was you came here so you could do things you couldn't do in Ireland. So yeah. when I when I turned 21, I, I the only reason I'm giving you a four uh, background on this is I did it all when I was 21 years old first. So I I'd worked at this college beer bar and pizza place and it was up for rent. And so I was a senior in college and I went and negotiated the lease and signed the lease, got everything done. And when I told my parents that I was dropping out of college with, you know, three months left to go to open my first restaurant, I thought they would be happy. And my mother about wanted to kill me. All right. So you need to understand up front, not everyone's going to support you. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? Move on anyway. So my dad, of course, was totally fine with it. And that's what he said to my mom. Well, I mean, if that's what the boy wants to do, that's what I came to America for. That's what I have worked like this for. 
So he knows how to do this. And, and man, my mom went nuts. And she was nicer than hell, but this was one time she was not. <laughs> and, um, but I've been self-employed ever since. I, I, I really and truly, school wasn't my thing. I have terrible ADD. So all they did was beat the shit out of me in school all the time because I couldn't pay attention. Mm -hmm. And what I really needed was something to just move, 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 move. And I would have been fine with it. So the reason I say all that, opening a business in America is shockingly easy. Now, if you're in the Midwest where they always want more people, it's even easier. So in Oklahoma, for those of you that live in countries where bribes are natural, we don't bribe people here. Literally, you don't have to bribe anybody. You just go in and fill out the paperwork and then you can hire a lawyer there's no reason to everything here is dumbed down enough where everybody can do it. it and, and I mean that in a complimentary way, whoever wrote most of this stuff, didn't write it at an intellectual level that, that you have to have a master's degree to understand mm. you go in, they've got step-by-step step, and yes, there'll be some parts you don't understand everything else, language barriers and all that. Um, you may want to hire a translator if you're from somewhere else because colloquialisms will get you. It isn't the paperwork. So you go online and you, you fill out your first deal to get what's called a FIN number, F-E-I-N number. Mm -hmm. Google how to get a FIN number in America. It'll take you to the website. You fill that out literally the next day you essentially have your paperwork. It is, it is shockingly easy where, you know, in, in Ireland, you basically got to get permission from somebody, not necessarily from the people in charge or in Italy, you know, you got to talk to your local mob boss and they're going to get 10% of everything. Nothing like that here. You come to Oklahoma, you literally open it. They audit here more than any place I've ever seen. I believe we've been audited four times, but two mm -hmm. of those I believe are because we are in politics. So then number online is number one. And then what you have to know is what city are you in? What town are you in? Go to the city hall and ask them what you need to do. But you're also in the county government, which is the next one up. And you have to go there and ask them what you need to do. And then the state government. People were shockingly easy to get along with. And, and really, they, what they will tell you, if you don't know, is they're, go, they're like, yeah, I'm not going to do this for you. I'm going to show you how to do it. And then it's on you to either know how to do it or ask somebody. Um, us old business people will help anybody get through it because it was it was frustrating the first time. So what did you guys do when you started yours? Is that pretty pretty basic? Us in Oklahoma and all yeah. the companies that we've worked with over the years, especially when right. the startups come to us, right? We help them with all right. of that nonsense. It's right. like two, three hours in our day to just get right. everything up and running. Yeah. The weird part was here when I tried doing it about, say, six to eight months ago, it took almost three months, Sean, and you can't do wow. it by yourself. You have to get like a kind of like a CPA. They call them chartered accountants. Right. And that right. was the only one who knew how to go about doing it. Because wow. right yeah. from incorporation to getting like what would be our employment identification number type thing. Which right. is your PAN card here, which is your tax ID. Like there were times where he didn't know what was going. I didn't know what was going. And wow. Yeah. I wouldn't hear from him for like three weeks because it's just stuck in some office waiting for approvals. And yeah. And it costs maybe like 10 times what it cost me in the US to do. Yeah. 
Right. So is that because it's a British setup system where they don't, I mean, you, whether you guys like it or not, that's still your government base, mm -hmm. you know? And so they set it up so only the elites could start things. And they're not telling you, you can't do it. They're just making it so hard. You can't do it. Okay. Over here, the lowest caste system over there, which is the untouchables, right? Mm -hmm. You get off the plane in America and you come and get your FIN number and you can start what you were doing over there, cleaning toilets, doing whatever you were doing as a cleaning company and be in business within a week. Oh yeah. Within a week. And you can be working and making money. Nobody cares where you're from. They don't care about your cast, anything else, but do pay your taxes and do keep good records because they audit more than I just, I am shocked by the amount of auditing here. Just, Mm. flabbergasted so so in kansas city where i am originally from when i was 21 years old i got my my applications it was all done on paper back then because it was 40 years ago mm. and and then i had to do my liquor license so i go down to liquor control um and i asked them for the forms and they gave me a three-page sheet that had like 30 items and i had to do drawings you don't need to hire an architect for any of this stuff you draw it yourself. They just need a more or less drawing. It doesn't need to be. Mm -hmm. And where you get screwed if you just came off the boat from some other country is whoever the person you know in America is going to get a pretty large fee for helping you. And part of that is just because you don't know. Ask, ask the people at Liquor Control. I made my own drawings and everything else. But I had to get these neighbors permission for me to be able to do a liquor license. And that's the only time it got tricky. I basically had a neighbor that was a plumber and I had to use him as my plumber to get him to sign off my liquor license. Yeah. Bit of a prick. And he, and he overcharged me. I don't, but, I don't even think they issue liquor licenses in Bangalore at the moment. I think it's like nice. capital. And really? I have seen like weird situations where somebody who holds an existing liquor license, you can rent yeah. it from them. But, but it's Welcome to Chicago. Like, Oh, but it's almost like ten or fifteen thousand dollars, Sean, a month. Right. Yeah. And the entire liquor license, if you do want to buy it, it would be somewhere around the half a million range. Yeah. So Chicago works that way. Um, mm -hmm. they only allowed a certain amount of liquor licenses. Kind of like New York, you have to have a coin to own a taxi cab. Oh yeah. So, so the taxi isn't worth anything. The mm -hmm. coin's worth everything. Now, why they don't go have the Italians counterfeit those coins and make a bunch of other ones? Because, you know, that's what I'm not saying that's what I would do, but it's available. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Um, in major cities in, in the U.S., it's everything is more difficult. You just have to be the person that's willing to walk through all that stuff. Mm. What I am saying is in the four cities, four states in the Midwest, maybe even 20 states in the Midwest, no, we need business owners. You just have to be the one that's willing to do the paperwork. And what you're up against there probably happens in some of the bigger cities here. But mm -hmm. it, in Oklahoma, I have never paid a bribe to anyone for anything. I will tell you a weird story, though. In the city where I'm the vice mayor is where I opened my first business. Mm -hmm. They were that? so... Did you hear that noise of the bell ringing? You hear one right now? No, no, no. Did you hear it in my background? Yes, I, I do hear that. Okay, do you know what that is? It's a guy who pushes a cart. With yeah, what's he adds, um, It's like a pan with um, clean sand in it. 
And yeah. all he does is roast peanuts on it. Get out. Yeah. So I've seen that done with um, rocks, but never with sand. So he uses That's sand so that he gets an even roast around it. And also uh, the amount of salt that gets on the coating for the peanuts, it's almost perfect. Wow. So he just pushes the cart throughout the streets and you can go downstairs and buy a Good for him. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that guy would do just fine in America. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Hey, the so back to my Conor McGregor story. So I watch it and the guy gets like two likes and that's it after hours. And I wrote him back and I go, look, you're going to have to get better game. You've name dropped Conor McGregor and nobody still likes your stuff. And uh, and so he wrote something else shitty back. But he's, his English is, is like uneducated bad, not like a bot bad. So mm-hmm. I've been playing with him for a couple of days. Yeah. Well, you know, our, our Democratic elections are this weekend, so people are getting a little tense. Just to, ah, okay. just to, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, half of the people are acting like everything's great, and the other half are like, we're the Titanic! We just hit an iceberg! Fuck! <laughs> yeah. I'll probably be the guy in the movie. Anytime I picture the Titanic, the only right. person I think of is that guy who fell through the middle of the ship, hit his head on something, and went to the water. Like I would go out that way, knowing my luck. <laughs> you would, you would want to go out that way, cause man, that water was cold. Woo, God, just think people do that on purpose. Um, what were we talking about yesterday, or that were two days ago that we were supposed to continue today? Do you remember? We were talking about business and the village paperwork for opening a business is what you started oh, before we got to. right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when we when we were originally talking about it, so you got to get a thing called an occupational license. I don't really care what business you do, whether it's out of a home that can be used as a business or anything else. That is a license you have to get, and then there's something. You know, that you you literally, how well, how do I open a new business for the federal government? And you get a, I, I, I'm trying to remember whether it's, it's not I-99, I'm thinking that's for immigration. Mm. But it's, you you get your FIN number, F-E-I-N. Sorry, I, I got so many goddamn yeah. numbers, I don't know which. F-E-I-N number, and that's your, that's your company. And you're ready to get started. But if it's retail, you need to pay sales tax. Mm-hmm. So you got to find out what the sales tax is in your city and wherever you sell it. So on the village city council, we get a ton more sales tax than we used to because people do Uber Eats and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So they buy it in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. but it's sold in the village because that's where it's delivered. So we get sales tax there, which is higher. And if you don't know that, that comes out of your pocket. I'll, okay. I'll tell you a big mistake. I, a big mistake I made here is... Um, I didn't understand the liquor tax because in the state I'm from, we don't have liquor tax. And it was 13.5% of my sales, which is about your profit margin. Jesus Christ, that high? All gone. All gone. And then sales tax on top of it, 8.75%. Yeah, so it's 22% of any retail booze. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the Baptists, they don't want you to drink. Yeah, fucking buzzkills. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it's literally instead of the, the moral police coming, it's the tax police coming in to, to hit you. So I, I, those are the things you got to be careful of. And it's just a matter of being polite. So what I would, what I would tell you, I, I don't know, you, you'll have to tell me how it works there. Bring coffee, bring donuts. It'll cost you 10 or $12. Everyone there will remember you. 
Yeah. You know, bring a pizza. I mean, you know, if you don't want to bring any of that other stuff, go, hey, I, I know sometimes you guys can't get out for lunch. So I brought a pizza. You're you're not bribing them. That's just a nicety. You know, yeah. if it can be eaten or drank in one setting, it's not a bribe. <laughs> I'll be going through the technicalities <laughs> of this. <laughs> I like that one. There was this lady who messaged me and asked me if I knew about how to set up a business in the village. And I was like, hey, I'm right now not in the country. But here's Sean, yeah. if you want, just text him. He'd probably know. Yeah, right. So now if I was an illegal person, I would say for a fee, I will gladly do. But yeah, I'll just take her up. I'll meet her up city hall and walk her through it. It's, it, it's, it I think most people are just shocked at how easy it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they, they really are. And, in, and it's not that way in every place. So, you, you know, the more populated, the more difficult. Um, we hey, do. Hey. We do. Yeah, go ahead. Being an immigrant, it was easy for me to set up businesses there as well. Yeah, and- right. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really don't care. Uh, but you do have to pay your taxes. Oh, God, in Oklahoma, oh, yeah. you get audited. Jesus. Wow. I, I don't know what the deal is on that. But evidently, some people have cheated through the years, and that's why they audit that much. There's- <laughs> it'll, it'll all be the guys who made, like, millions to billions, and they'll come and fuck with all the normal businesses who are, like, right. putting it together and taking right. care of families there. That happens well, every, time, every time they do it, it costs me about $10,000 in accounting fees. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. know, by the time it's done, just getting the paperwork ready, you know, we have it all. Mm-hmm. By the time you get it ready, then your accountant goes over it. And if you if you have a high-end accountant, they go meet with the government people. You don't even meet with them. But when I first moved here, I met with them. And uh, after this long, arduous deal, the guy was like, you owe us whatever the amount was. And I go, no, I don't. And he goes, yeah, I, you know, we say you owe us this. And I go, I don't know it to you. And literally we fought about it for a little bit. And uh, he was insinuating that I'd taken in cash and kept it. And I go, hey, if cash came in, I would have kept it. But I'm telling you, there's no cash in high-end restaurants. It just doesn't exist. So mm-hmm. you're you're literally making up a lie about the number you're telling me I owe you. And then it really went south from there <laughs> <laughs> because he was, he just made it up out of the blue. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so you want to believe that, that they're there to help you and they're, they're really not necessary. They're there to get a promotion like every other job. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. So it's no difference than the tax collectors 1500 years ago. They got a portion back then of what they collected. These guys get a paycheck and then they get a raise, you know? So yeah, it would have been weird, I mean, they, like commission agents running around. <laughs> right. Can you imagine? So I, my big thing is if you come over here, why, why come to America and not own your own company? Oh, yeah. Why bother? Mm-hmm. You know, my dad would say, well, I could have done that back in Ireland. And you go, well, okay, why didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> So that's my thing. Oklahoma City, different deal. Um, I think it's important that you call and find out where you want to set up your business, depending on what type it is, you know, like what you do. You don't need to be in a major city to do that. Not at all. You you need to have access to a major city, but you don't need to be in one. See, Every time I had to meet some client, I would either go to Austin or New York, wherever they were, and I'd see them in person. They just didn't care about where we were based out of. Like a... It works out fine for us. Yeah. Are you capable of doing the work? That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. But, you know, your your guy selling peanuts on sand would do just fine, but he needs to be in a major city. Yeah, for sure. 
And one right. that doesn't so have a very harsh winter. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good point. And the Italians would roast chestnuts that way and sell chestnuts. And I never, I never really thought they tasted very good, but Kathy absolutely and utterly loves them. I've seen them in New York. <laughs> yeah, right. And and they're all over Italy when you travel through Italy. They, and they're guys, and they just literally they got a cheap pan there and propane stove, and you know they do their thing. But I like the sand; that's a little more balanced. That's smart, mm-hmm. and it keeps its heat, so you're not losing the heat. Man, yeah. is, that that's pretty dang smart. Cool. All right, homie. What's next, my man? I'll tell you a couple of depressing stories just because we've been too happy for a while. <laughs> okay. Right. Here we go, folks. The other day, a friend of mine who is visiting her family in India got on a flight in Bangalore to Seattle. Right. Died on the plane in Canadian airspace. Wow. My age, John. She had an aneurysm. No shit. Yeah, and it's going to well, take like three weeks to get the body back and stuff like that. Wow. Like people don't understand, like even with air travel, the complexity of doing this shit is still there, mm-hmm. even with the internet and crap. Like my wow. sister was telling me that uh, one of her friend's moms who is in Bangalore passed away. But the kids, one is uh, settled in the US, the other is settled in the UK. And the guy, her son, who was in the UK, was visiting the US. So he doesn't right. have his card to enter India. So he has to fly back oh, to wow. the UK, pick that thing up, and come here. I was like, uh, wow. like now you understand yeah. my frustration with like visas and shit where I'm constantly yeah. grumbling about it. <laughs> oh yeah. The I I'm sorry about I'm sorry about that young lady. I you know, I, I'm sure she had the blast headache before, but you know, when you're up in the air, nothing you can do about it anyway. If there's a doctor on the on the plane, it's notoriously a dentist <laughs> or a PhD, you know, in, in mathematics. <laughs> I have, that sucks. But I'm so there is a guy that did a speech that came out with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And, and, the only, and I'm not saying this because he's Indian. He just happened to be Indian. He up on the stage and takes a big drag off this cigarette and blows it out and the audience kind of oh and he goes what he goes oh you think this is what's going to kill me let me let me tell you statistically what's actually going to kill you your dna because mm-hmm. <laughs> i can smoke <laughs> you've smoked your whole life do all this stuff your dna is what kills you and so I, i'd be curious if if uh, if the aneurysm was in her family or if it was from something different yeah, uh, i would some head troubles yeah. yeah, but that, you should watch that speech, by the way. And it's Toastmasters. Like he was the national champion of Toastmasters no and good. he was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, that he could be a comedian anywhere, even <laughs> even in America. <laughs> but he was dynamite. <laughs> so when you get into your nice, depressing stuff like that, Deepak, mm-hmm. um, what I what I learned in my life out of this whole thing is so, you, you know, I got sick, what about 15, 10 or 12 years ago, couldn't figure out what it was. And all my lung stuff went through everything. And, um, and, you know, it isn't whether you're worried about dying, it's watching loved ones around you that are scared to death that you're dying. And that's, that's the weird part. 
I, I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know if I really care if if I fall off the planet. But you know, if I get Parkinson's, I'm trying heroin. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> try some shit I've never done before and get it over with. Yeah, there's this uh, maybe I'll... thing that Ricky Gervais says about death and being an idiot. He's like, it's only <laughs> painful to others. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was brilliant. Well, so I, and I think I, I might try fentanyl at that point. And, and, you know, whatever drug I never got to try back when I used to do drugs and drink, I'm crying if I get Parkinson's or, or something that, that is ALS, some dreadful ass disease that, that all it does is just screw up everyone around you's life. So, I, I have given all of that some thought. So I, I'll give you my one little example here so we don't depress everybody too bad. So I'm having, like, I don't know what the hell it was, a pneumonia. So I'm having some convulsions and shit. And that's what started my teeth problem, which now are costing me a fortune. But I cracked some of them because my, and I had a damn mouthpiece next to my bed to put oh, in wow. my mouth to stop it. I mean, how crazy is that shit? Oh, wow. And then 10, ten years later, I'm absolutely, totally fine. Hmm. right so i don't know uh, man i you know my people like funerals we like to drink at funerals we like to have fun at funerals so we are probably not the people to ask because i know we think you're better we think you're better off after your dad where most people think life is where all the good stuff is and we're like no nah, no nah, next thing. we'll see what's next i mean we're we're strange how has told me this awesome story about like uh I think it was an aunt or someone of his who had passed yeah. away and um, they were at the funeral and right. I was just standing there quietly and his dad looked at him and he told him, if you're going to be sad, do it on your own time. People need you here <laughs> right now. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. I always like standing around the coffin and people go up and they go, oh, you look so good. And you're like, Am I supposed to point out the irony right now or not? You've got makeup on. I mean, it is literally like a, a Republican talking point. You have makeup on, you have lipstick on, they've sewn your eyes shut. Mm -hmm. They look really good. They look really good. Yeah, it's... it's. You should just tell them, I wish you'd taken half this fucking effort in a day-to-day -day life. <laughs> is, are they exercising now? Because they never fucking did while they were alive. <laughs> Look, I, I had these four guys in last night and, and uh, this customer of mine introduces them to me and they're in his Tai Chi group. And, uh, and I go, where do you do Tai Chi? And they were like, at this church. And then they talked about some other more radical version of something like Tai Chi. And he told me what it was. And, uh, and he said, but it's based on Taoism. And I said, so you're practicing Taoism in your Christian church and everybody's cool with it? And he goes, I don't really know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like the bus tub buffet of, of international religions <laughs> i know <laughs> but you know they were four people my age and and the only reason this is a problem for you now is because you smashed your face in an uber i mean you should be in prime health right now aside from that you have arthritic points in your face where it broke i mean you know you should you know you got four plates in your head do you know this mm-hmm Okay. And I'm not telling you this because I went to med school. I had a guy trying to manipulate them. And that's the only reason I knew. He what was trying to clear out my... Why the hell did you let somebody fuck with your head? 
Well, I, so this girl that I really had a huge crush on freshman year in high school does the same thing out in, uh, yeah, some really North Carolina, some some city in North Raleigh, Raleigh Durham, North Carolina, where the universities are. Yeah, and she she does the same thing. It's cranial manipulation. So like with me, um, I don't know if it's due to behavior or you know getting beat up in football or fist fights or whatever else, but you couldn't breathe out of half of my nose, even though I've had surgery on it. Mm-hmm. Um, he manipulated that a little bit and it seemed to open it up, you know, and I don't know whether it was psychosomatic, you know, or if it was real, but eh, it seemed better. I should try something like that. I think in the future. Well, I mean, they might have to re-break yours. <laughs> I, oh yeah. I mean, like an arm. You know, I mean, you 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 hit pretty hard, dude. Oh, they couldn't do anything for the first week, right? Because they were waiting for the swelling to come down. So some right. of them just healed in whatever angles they were in. Uh-huh. That's another right. weird thing of telling me not to sneeze, which made me so conscious. <laughs> they were like, dude, there's nothing holding your eyeball in. Don't sneeze. <laughs> wow. Because ah, both the orbital a... sockets had got crushed. Because I went uh, to no back the front seat, the driver's seat. Because I think yeah. I was thinking uh. the driver. Ugh. Damn. What happened to the driver? Oh, he was bad. Way worse than me. Really? Wow. Like, by the time the EMTs got there, I actually had to get out and unbuckle his seatbelt because there was like a rib sticking out and his leg oh. crushed. So Damn. I just put my hand on that and tried to hold it in place till they got there. Uh, All right. Now we've depressed everybody. That's I know. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Is that the sound of people changing the station? <laughs> Everybody okay. loves gore. Everybody loves gore. So, you know, you really don't have to move away from gore. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about technology because I saw the most fascinating thing I've seen in a while, okay? You're going to talk to a 60-year-old man about technology. Oh, okay. no, this is like very, very in general. Uh, so okay. there, there are these guys that I see in the evenings where they all – are having they wear their headsets and they just sit at a pub and have beers while they're taking their conference calls and finishing their work yesterday i just noticed that none of them were typing any of their emails they would copy the email that they were supposed to reply to paste it in chat gpt chat gpt would reply they copy i can put it in there and there was one dude who basically wrote a farewell letter through chat GPT and sent it to someone. And I was like, dude, what the hell is going on? <laughs> dude, that's brilliant. Yeah, so they so, don't answer questions. Like anybody asks them a question, even if they know the answer, they type it in there because it's more elegantly written by chat GPT. Yeah, it, it really is. And so for somebody like me, that mm-hmm. I really just don't do punctuation well. I mean, you know, I, I speak well, but I just don't do punctuation well. Chat GBT solves that for me. So look, the it is the future, undoubtedly. That's a great way to use it. Um, and for evidently source code, it's that's a great way to use it. So my thing is, is I wrote a scathing letter to um this guy that's our school superintendent, and I ran it through Chat GBT and gave it his information. It was brilliant. Nice. And literally brilliant. Yeah. So I don't. I think it's going to be like a lot of things. So right now it's new. So everybody messes with it. We'll, we'll probably become more selective about it down the line, but I could write a novel in chat GBT in one day. Oh yeah. And you just do, you know, your chapters need to be about 350 or 400 words. And you give them the descriptive of it, but you still have to outline your novel. 
And the problem I found in writing that kind of stuff was I would do my outlines and then I would start writing and it would slow the process down so much it wasn't fun anymore. And ChatGBT solves that stuff. And so I don't, um, from a restaurant tours perspective, you know, if I'm answering somebody's stuff, you know, I just go ahead and throw out my snotty little answers anyway. Um, ChatGBT is not snarky enough for me. Mm-hmm. You know? There needs, there needs to be a passive aggressive yeah. or a British mode that I can use. To... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, my most disappointing thing is if somebody's trying to be mean and they're not creative, mm-hmm. I am bored with them. Like it, it puts me in attack mode where I'm like, please go get a thesaurus, find something interesting to say and get back with me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do not understand. I was reading this uh, article where ChatGPT apparently ran into an issue that it couldn't solve. So it basically logged itself into Fiverr, posted a job posting for someone to click get the test so that it could get past that level. Okay, it, that's brilliant. It, it's intelligent enough to use a human wow. when it needs to beat an obstacle. So there is there's another one that I use... Um, called SUD something, and it's a writer's accessory tool. So you would punch in a paragraph, and then there's like a, a deal that you click enhance or something like that, and it will rewrite it for you. Um, but it, the reason I like GBT is you can say in the style of George Carlin, I want, yep. I would like this, and it. It does a moderate job, but the problem is you don't have George Carlin narrating it. So it doesn't have that feel. But mm-hmm. I like the fact that you can do the in the style of, but you know, who are you gonna do? Yates? I mean, literally, who's your who's your favorite E. e. Cummings? My I, I he was never my favorite poet, but we seemed related because mm-hmm. it was dystopian and strange. <laughs> but I, I I think I would use Colin even for business emails. <laughs> right. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Hey, fuckers. <laughs> it is, um, I, I think for a comedy sketch, it would find the most riveting, popular comedic stuff. Yeah. You know, so, so have I told you this thing about this guy talking about stealing intellectual property of a map? Have I, have I told you this bullshit? Nope. Okay, with everything that's available on the internet that both you and I at a click can go worldwide and share and bother anything we want and everybody shares and bothers your stuff and everybody shares and bothers my stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So this guy makes a map of our state of Oklahoma and it is how many counties no longer have Democratic officials, right? Uh Somebody in his office, he leaves it open, they steal it, and it ends up in our mailbox here at the restaurant. Kathy ends up putting it out on the internet. This guy throws a fit and they're like, he's, she stole my intellectual property, man. And, and so it's been, we've, it's been Mapgate for about a week. And as soon as somebody said, hey, that's not finished yet. Can you please take it down? She did. Mm-hmm. So there's no, no issues with all this other stuff. But I don't think these people know what's available. Yeah. <laughs> I can go to chat GBT and make that map. In 10 minutes, I could give right. it to you. <laughs> right. And you go, friend, you have no idea what you're actually up against. So um, you've heard me on the phone sometimes when I'm not being pleasant. He called me to ask me questions about it. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I'm MFing him and 
cussing him up and down and everything. Why are you wasting my time? I said, tell me what I did wrong here. He's like, mm -hmm. well, uh, and I go, why are you effing bothering me? Literally, <laughs> why are you bothering me? I, I don't even know who you are. And so it all went, it all went south. So evidently they, they're mad at me. No. Mapgate. That's what we've got going. Some asshole thinks he owns a map that I can go and make on multiple sites in minutes. Uh, That's, people love petty. Right. I know. So what they are, there used to be this term called um, so in America, it's, it's cracker, cracker, sitting on a fence, trying to make a dollar out of 50 cents, meaning this guy is always charging more than it's worth. Right. <laughs> a friend of mine had a term about Mexicans. He goes, everything's cheaper on the South side, meaning you can go to the South side of Oklahoma city and get it 35, 40% cheaper. Mm -hmm. And I would say in this case with this guy with the map, you might go back to the cracker cracker sitting with us because you go, I don't know what value you think is placed here, my man, but it's just a map of Oklahoma with, with shades of red and blue. Couldn't anyone <laughs> have figured out how many Democratic officials are still left in office in Oklahoma on their own? Yes, Wikipedia. because you can count them on your two hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> right. And instead, the guy's arguing with one of us. <laughs> this one. You just go, dude, you need to go find some voters and quit calling me. <laughs> Couldn't you have just been like, listen, idiot, we're on the same side. Tell me what you want. <laughs> they, I don't know what is happening. So, okay, so let's say rats were vegetarians. Mm -hmm. And you put 100 rats in the bottom of a, of a barrel and they can't get out. Do they become meat eaters? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they got to eat each other. Yep. So, you know, when they were out in the world and it was plentiful and they could get around, they were vegetarians. But once they had to eat each other, they do. And I would say that's the deal here. And it's, and it's sad and it's tragic. But, you know, shit, the consequences of not being better at this is that we've literally got a fucking Nazi running our schools. Yeah. And a guy that did white power signs running our schools. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't know what gets worse, but that's where you indoctrinate kids. I mean, that's where it happens. So I'm not, not going to tell you anything on this beside yes, no, I don't know. Of that <laughs> article I sent you about that Sri Lankan comic oh. who was arrested. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't want any part of that. Well, especially since you know, I mean, somebody over there reminds me of somebody over here. No, so no. It, <laughs> look, there. Most polite people don't want to be involved in the ugly side of politics. I mean, they just don't. They, they, they don't want ugly anything. They just want to go through life with no problems, which means you have a very, very, very boring life. But that's where Yoke people stand. Yeah, and the other stuff makes them nervous. So, you know, you, you're in the golden handcuffs life or you're in the other one where you're fighting for something. And, uh, and they'd go, well, why are you always fighting? And you go, because these assholes are always doing something. <laughs> yeah i I mean it, it really and i'm fighting for people that i don't even know i mean truthfully i don't have any kids in school <laughs> it doesn't matter to me i just think i just think the guy's an asshole and i know i can take him <laughs> <laughs> probably not the right reason huh i know <laughs> pretty petty of you sean <laughs> it really is so i went ahead and took on you know second or third most powerful person in the state just to see if i could do it um, yeah, man. So it, it's that stuff's interesting. And so this weekend is a big weekend. Mm -hmm. um, because of that, we need to make some different decisions. But, you know, I mean, 
Tell me what elections yeah. are coming up right now. So these are not elections that matter to anyone except people within the Democratic Party. So we've had the same lady and her crew of friends running the party for about four years, and it has just gone steadily downward. Here's here's an example, okay? Um, I'm not going to say I'm a numbers guy, but on this one, I think I'm a numbers guy. So in registered voters mm-hmm. since January, okay, just January, the Republicans gained 12,000 voters. The independents gained 12,000 voters. <clears throat> so your expectation would be what, as far as the Democrats go? How many do you think they should gain if both 12, other ones... 12,000 right. if they're doing the job right. Exactly. Guess how much they gained. I thought you were going to tell me they lost 24,000 to these two. <laughs> oh, no. Well, that's probably true. They gained 3,000. So these are in voter registration. So they just got beat 24,000 to three. Oh, wow. Or 24,000 to 3,000. Yeah. And so you go, and but they, nobody wants to admit there's a problem. So if there's no second party, mm-hmm. one party literally rules the whole thing. The problem isn't that. The problem is, is they have the judges as well. They have the, the district attorney um, that have been voted in. The judges are an appointment usually. So they've been appointed or voted in. Same deal. So it's like prosecuting Donald Trump. You, you don't get to. His people are everywhere. You know, he was there long enough to get all of his people in. So it is um, unnerving at best. But that that's where the fight has to begin. And I don't how do you how you how do you resurrect a party that's dead? Honestly, when the other party controls the media. I did see you try the last time because you made me sit through the damn voting session. I did. It was awesome. (laughs) You were great. But so so that's that's where you start. You have to start at that level, whether you like it or not. And somebody with some energy, it isn't really uh, a management job. Part of it is. But really what you need is energy. Yeah. We just don't have any, you know, and I'm not, I mean, the problem is everybody takes all that personal and you know me well enough to say, oh, he's not personal at all. He's just saying you suck. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and in every race in democratic politics now, the race is what the race is about. So mm-hmm. the good news on this one, it's two black females. So we don't have to talk about race this time. Okay. One of them will succeed. Um, but every other time, if anyone chose to challenge her doing such a poor job, it always was like, well, why would you do that? She's a black female. And they go, OK, but if it was me, would you all challenge me? I mean, I, I don't you know, at what point are we going to hold people accountable? You know, and, and then I had, I had somebody on the campaign trail say, how can I vote for you and not look like a racist? And I was like, wow, OK, this is not a question I was prepared for. That's a polarization that you don't really know how to answer. Right, you just go, can we put resumes next to each other without our names on it and choose? I mean, I didn't, but I understood what they, what they meant, you know, because it's a, these are, these are not private votes. These are public votes. So if you're up there and they're voting for you and, and all the brown people vote for you and all the white people vote for me, we're not doing well as a party. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, you know, you, it, I, I, I want to believe we're going to get beyond this, but I'm, I don't know down here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not I end don't... on such a bleak note, Sean. <laughs> oh no! Here's here's the thing, I, 
you, you have to be able to cross over. It's just like the music business. If you're going to be really big in music, you got to cross over to multiple markets. Mm-hmm. If you're only going after your market, you better hope your market's big enough to sustain you. And in democratic politics, it's not. I'm in a state with, uh, you know, a little less than a million Native Americans. Very few are represented in politics, period. Very few. Mm-hmm. You know, very few Latinos. And we've got tons. Um, it seems to be blacks and whites and very, very, very few Asians. Yeah. So, do you think it you has know, something to do with some of the immigrants staying to them like keeping to themselves because they don't want to get their hands dirty so to speak in um i mostly as an immigrant you don't want to make enemies Mm -hmm. you know because you think somebody still has the capability of sending you home yeah once you're a citizen fuck that no no nobody gets to send you home that is not how it works once you're a citizen if you're just walking around with a green card you know be careful being on the wrong side yeah yeah, I mean, that's that's the best way to say that. But look, you can work behind the scenes. Nobody ever sees you. Whoever the computer person is organizing the information, nobody ever sees. Right? That's why I get away with shit, Sean. <laughs> that is right. Well, I mean, you think about it. Look, the person in the front is generally not the person in charge. There's a king and there's a king maker. And that king maker has made five or six kings. You're You're not the first. Mm-hmm. You're just the next one to carry the torch. And so I'm um, who's ever out front, you know, usually I don't work out front. You know me, I, I, I prefer in the back. So this is a new thing for me to be out front, which I'm good at. I mean, it's no big deal, but that's the person whose head gets cut off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the kingmaker just finds another king. Yeah, <laughs> potential candidate right. to push forward. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so is that a little happier now? Mm-hmm. Look, in, in, uh, in everything, <clears throat> in everything here, what is your goal? What do you want to own? You know, when you came to America, what do you want to do? You want to make money? Mm-hmm. You want to you want to be a, a person of your peers, meaning everybody knows you? You know, in your case, you were probably the smartest guy in the room most of the time. You know, that's about as good as it gets. Um, and then the rest of it, the money comes and goes. It yeah. Money is not that simple. It is energy. It comes and it goes ebbs and flows right too like most things. yeah exactly so you know somebody will somebody will listen to this podcast and write me back and you said this and you because everybody's watching every sentence and i'm not even running for office i don't know what this shit's about but i got i got a bunch of it feels like i have 10 ex-wives on my ass telling me what i did wrong 30 years ago <laughs> like, i'm gonna combine almost all of this into one so that if they want to sit through an hour and a half of us talking, right. they're welcome oh, to cool. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I think this is a good one if people are lonely. They can just listen to us hang out. You chat. have a couple of friendly voices, like you're sitting around an Irish pub. <laughs> talking shit. Exactly. Bouncing shit off the walls. That's what Christine told me yesterday. She was like, yeah. it feels like having you guys at the pub. <laughs> I'm just right. listening to you too. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. Hey, I did make some um, some Thai red curry um, catfish soup yesterday that was delicious. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was nice. I'd do that again. It Cuts. sounds yummy, but if you'd used any other fish, I'd have eaten it. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I don't. I, don't well, I have a problem with catfish. <laughs> you know, well, they are bottom feeders, but, you know, that's what... Lobster are bottom feeders, and it doesn't bother you, but lobster... 
But you don't. Are they just more elegant you. bottom feeders? <laughs> hey, they, the lobster lobby spent way more on marketing, so I'm right. on board. <laughs> Lobster Lobster looks like it's a bottom feeder. We sound like we're talking about hookers. Well, you know, I don't like that one. (laughs) (laughs) Lordy, lordy. Lordy. We have like two minutes left. I'll tell you the last thing, which was (laughs) yes. Somebody got in touch with me asking us whether we could fix their website till I realized it was an escort service in Vegas. Oh, well, you know, it's legal there. I know. I was like, I know it's legal. I was like, what am I doing on this site? I know. (laughs) Now I'm just going to see ads for the stupid place for the rest of eternity on this computer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is legal out there. You remember I had a Muslim guy write my weed cookbook. And I had to ask him, I said, you know, is this going to bother you? And he goes, it doesn't mean I'm having any weed. I was like, okay, we're good. See, that's the same thing the guy in Pakistan also told me when I was asking him about your e channel. He was like, Right, it's videos, Deepak. It's not like you're like, sitting next to me blowing weed in my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that that makes sense. It's uh, you never know that I, I like it that people are not on their moral high horse on that kind of stuff, but that you know, that's pretty rare. I mean, it's pretty rare, but if you're in if you're in your line of work, there's probably some. Odd looking stuff occasionally. Oh yeah. The best idea, the best idea I've ever heard of was for an application which was pitched to us called Struber. Yeah. It's a Uber with strippers who will be dropped off at your house and picked up at a later time. Brilliant. <laughs> okay, that's pretty Struber. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a bad idea. That was a good one. You might want to follow up on that. I, my brother wanted to open a topless donut shop one time. And he goes, you have to be packed. And I go, Man, yeah. dude, I can't own something like that while mom's still alive. I mean, she would not be okay with that. And he goes, who gives a shit? Everybody's got clothes.